Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. If we'll turn to 1 Samuel 30 and 3, and if you would, it's our, our culture here to stand for the reading of the Word of God. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Verse 4 and verse 5 here. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. Verse 6. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Amalek's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod, And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And verse 8, And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after the troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them. And without fail... Recover all. And David was greatly distressed. But he encouraged himself in the Lord. And then, after he encouraged himself of the Lord, he goes to God. And he asks God, Shall I do it? Should I go? Should I jump? Should I move? Should I stand still? What should I do? Let me tell you the principle here. He encouraged himself in the Lord, and before he does anything, he what? He asks God what to do. In the middle of your stress this morning, I come to tell you, you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. And before you take things in your own hands, you need to take it to God. And and the what did God, because he said so, he said, David had permission to go take things back. But first what had to happen, God had to say so, so David could move. So many times we get it wrong. We move and then ask God to anoint us, but we need to get it back in the right order. Encourage yourself in the Lord and then take it to God. And whatever God says to do, that's what we do. I want you to know because God said so, I have permission. Because God said so, I have authority. Because God said so, I can break things loose in my life. Because God said so, I have the authority to walk on the Satan's head. I am not the tail. I am not underneath. But we are the head. We are on top. Why? Not because of me, but because he said so. 
in the middle of your stress this morning, I came to tell you, God said so. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Man, you ready to go home? Lunch ain't ready yet, all right? Let's, if you are ready to believe that God gave you permission, would you lift your hands right now? All across this room, God, we believe what you said and what you spoke. God, help me to articulate what you put in my spirit this week for your wonderful church. God, we are going to encourage ourselves in the Lord. We are going to walk out in authority. God, we've been stressed and de-stressed, and we've been up and we've been down. But I am here to tell somebody, God said, pursue. God said, you will overtake them. Why? Because you have authority because he said so in his word. You have authority over your family. You have authority over your backslidden children. You have authority over those that are far from God. Why? Because he said so this morning. Somebody lift your voice with a mighty shout. Yes! Woo! How about this? If you help me preach, I'll get you home by five o'clock, all right? Greet somebody next to you as you're seated. I want to preach from the bottom of my heart to you. I'm so glad you're here. The frivolity of life is common to us all. Life is strange. Somebody once said that a tale, life is a tale told by a fool. It seems like life has no rhyme or reason. We can't depend on life to stay in a good place or a bad one. The moment you settle into bad, good comes. The moment you get good, bad comes. If you're a parent, you understand this. The ups and downs, it shifts, it changes, life turns, it twists. Life is always teaching us, not just the good, but even in the bad. Life is always teaching, forming, moving up and down. Always look for a lesson in what you're going through. That's how it becomes profitable to us, is when we learn Life's always teaching us it's, there's few breaks, there's few timeouts, there's few intermissions. I caught some of the basketball game last night and they, they ran out of timeouts. And sometimes in life I feel like I run out of timeouts. I just need to slow down, I just need to take a break. I feel like I'm running on empty. But that life this kind of reminds me of a conversation I had and we had with my brother-in-law and he didn't know, I, I, just was, I saved this for him to come home from vacation. We were at Disneyland, California Adventure, and we were riding rides, and he's, his goal was to get his beautiful, sweet, loving, gorgeous sister on Guardians of the Galaxy. If you don't know who that is, that's my wife. <laughs> on Guardians of the Galaxy. I said, good luck. And, she, and he's like, oh, no, we'll, we'll talk her, I'm going to talk her into it. So he's like, hey, Ash, come on. Let's go. Let's go, Guardians of the Galaxy. Come on. It's a short line. She goes, nope. He goes, come on, come on. She goes, Chad, that feeling you get in your stomach when it drops you. And he goes, I know it scares me half to death. She goes, then why do you want to ride it? He goes, I don't know. I just like it. And he goes, I actually, he goes, and so she refused to ride it. I mean, we walked by and she walked faster as we're going to get on the ride. And so as we're going, 
Chad's like, cool. It's like a 30-minute wait, right? He's cool. And then we get to the next place. He's like, you sure you want to ride it? <laughs> yeah, I want to ride, Chad. I want to ride. And then we get to this place, right? You take this elevator before you get on the elevator. Chad goes like, right here, this is where I always get kind of nervous. <laughs> he goes, I get real nervous. Like I might step out of line right here. Like I'll go get the hot dogs. You guys ride. You're good. And so we went on, we rode it. And then a few what, uh, weeks later, before I can't remember, Tarina went with us. If you don't know who Tarina is, she's the tall, beautiful lady that watches my children. She's amazing. So Tarina hadn't been to Disneyland since she's 18, and now she's like 22. And so it, she, all these rides were new to her. And so I have been to SeaWorld a few times with her. So I said, hey, I don't know if you want to ride this one. She goes, no, no, I want to ride it. She goes, look at all these little kids getting on here. Like they're three years old. I said, are you sure? She, goes, she thought, I really think she thought I was messing with her. She thought I was joking. So we get on the ride. They strap her in. If you don't know what happens, all of a sudden it takes you up and it's this cool like 3D cartoon thing, and you're dancing, to the, like, you can't dance, you're like, dance as much as you can in your seat, right? And then it goes black, and then that thing drops you like a sucker, man. <laughs> Woo! And you, she, she was like a cat, trying to get out of, she was clawing at everybody and everything, some stranger next to her, I think she kissed him, I don't know what she did. <laughs> and it takes you up, and then it opens back up, and it's this cool cartoon again, and it's cool, and then it drops you. It does this like six or seven times, up, down, drop, dark, up, up, and it opens this one part, and you can see all across California Adventure, Disneyland, Anaheim. It's amazing, right? And then that thing drops you again. But man, that's like life, isn't it? You just, when you think, just when you thought on that ride, you got it, it messes you up again. <laughs> drops you. It's one of the few rides that I, let me explain. Before I had kids, I would never go to Disneyland because that's not real rides. I want you to take me on something. Like, see, this is Guardians. This is right here. Is Gar- so when it gets way up here, at the top, it opens up. You know what Trina was doing when they took that picture when you waited? She's like this. <laughs> she couldn't even enjoy it. Then later on, she goes, can we do that ride again? Because I, I want to see what it looks like from the top. She said, I think I, got, I think I can handle it now. See, I, I grew up at like Six Flags and Cedar Point. Like Cedar Point had the tallest roller coaster in America for many years in Ohio. And that's, that's, the, that's rides to me. But there's a, it's a very, as I'm getting older, there's a very thin line between exhilarating and throwing up older you get right it's like right there like oh, oh how many of you have ever been like i can't ride another one look i'll get a churro you go on ahead because there's a thin line between the two life is like that it's crazy it's up it's down it's sideways then you bring a wife into the picture and then it gets up and down and sideways Then you have kids thinking it's going to get better and it gets like motion sickness even worse. (laughs) Poor, poor lady. This is, I I don't know. I'm not saying God helped me yesterday, but I was like, I was trying to be like Dorval and my wife. I was trying to jog yesterday. So I was on the treadmill jogging. And then it was like, when I say old lady, I don't know how old that is because I'm old now. So there was like an an elder, 
probably my age over here and her husband right here. So I'm jogging, he's jogging. I really, we don't, neither one of us know what she was doing. And I'm, I'm there with jogging. I'm, I forget, I'm listening to something, watching something. And before him and I know it, she's behind us. And we hear a thump as she literally fell into the elliptical machines with her head. And I, and he goes, and we jump off. And we said, what happened? She goes, I don't know. She goes, one moment I'm up and the next moment I'm down. And this is a true story. And so then pretty quick, he gets back on the treadmill and I'm standing there and I'm going, I said, is she okay? He goes, yeah, if I wouldn't be back up here if she wasn't okay. I said, all right. <laughs> if her husband's not going to help her, I'm just going <laughs> to. Life is like that. Your one phone call, uh-huh. your one text message, your one email away from everything being turned upside down. And your life can be changed forever. And I can't leave you feeling some kind of way in, 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 in all of your feelings. See, we all have feelings, but let me explain. My, my feelings aren't facts. Look, one of the greatest problems we have today is people live by their feelings, not their facts. I was listening to something, and somebody came up, and it was somebody wrote this book, and he said, they came up to me and said, oh, I don't believe that law. He said, that's fine. You don't have to believe that law, but it's the law. It's the fact. You don't have to live by it, but you're going to end up living by it. It's the law. It's the fact. So see, it's, it, it, don't call me too early because if I'm in my feelings, it's because I haven't had my coffee yet. And my son's been up since 545 and we've been playing Legos and we've been, we've been whatever else he wants to play. Like he loves the, he loves the sunrise. And you think I'm choking, he loves it. He's like, Dad, when the sun comes up, it's just so great. No, it's not. We like it when the moon's out, boy. So you get caught up. Like we, sometimes, I'll, let, I'll blame it on me this time. She'll call me and I have the kids. And it's like, it's like WWE in my house. Like at times, I'm like, he's like, come on. He's like, I'm so mad at her. He's like, I'm like, and she's like, oh, bring it on. Like, this is not me and her. This is my kids. And I kind of sit there for a moment, like, it's kind of entertaining. And then I realize I'm the parent. Stop that. Get your hands off, right? And just at that moment when all craziness is breaking loose in my house, somebody's going to call me. It's usually my beautiful mother-in-law. And, and uh, what are you doing? We always tell her, how do you have the knack to just call at the wrong moment every time? I got Zadie on my head. I got Nixon punching me in my stomach. And you're calling me to see how I'm doing. (laughs) But that's how life is. So don't, you got to control those emotions though. Because feelings aren't facts. Why do you want the car facts? Before you buy a car, you get the car facts. Why? Because you want to know the history of that car. You got to base your life. Don't base your life on feelings because if it was on feelings, I probably wouldn't be here today. You know what? Because y'all sitting out there and me up here talking makes me sick to my stomach. If it was up to my feelings, I'd be at home watching online with everybody else. It's much easier to hear the sermon and preach it from home in your bed. But I got to live by the facts, not my feelings. 
So this morning when the alarm went off, I don't know how Nixon wasn't home, but I was up at 5.50, but I was like, my alarm's not going for 20, but I was up, why? Because I was living by the facts. The facts are I have to preach today, and there's people here that need to hear God's word, and there's people that need to go to heaven, so we got to live by the facts, not our feelings. I can manage facts, you can't manage feelings. Let me give you a little help, all those people looking to get married. If he or she is drama, don't come crying to me after you get married. <laughs> if it's up, down, backwards, sideways, tears, oh, then crying, laughing, just get ready if you're going to put a ring on that. Because <laughs> they're emotional. And every man knows there's times, like, I'm like, some, no, no, can we do this? Uh, yeah. You know, you like, say something and like, it's like, Rawr! whoa. <laughs> you're like, Whoa. I was like, what's wrong with you? You know what's wrong with me. <laughs> it's that time. I'll just leave it at that. I'm like, when's menopause coming, dear Jesus? <laughs> but let me help you. Your emotion passes, but the decision you made in that emotion lingers. So when you bit off his head or her head and you wonder why they're mad at you now, it's because your emotions got the best of you and the facts are you hurt their feelings. Woo, oh, now we don't, we ain't doing marriage counseling, are we? But if you live by those feelings, they wreck everything. Because in the heat, oh, in the heat of the moment, look, woo, I, we can go, right? And the, you call, and I got the kids at the store, and, and we're in the car, and I'm trying to circle, and she's been in TJ Maxx for two hours. I have no idea what she's doing, and we played every I Spy game you can. It's a stressful moment. It's not your fault that my kids are driving me insane, but you called. So if you get the thing that says, hey, he declined my call, you just know. I'll call you back when it's better times. Look, Hagar didn't have to leave Sarah's house, but her emotions got the best of her, and the angel had to go find her and tell her, no, sissy, get yourself back to the house. Because you know why it's so, we love watching movies? Because it's so easy in the movie to tell what, what, what's wrong and, and what, what they need to do to solve the situation. It's so easy when you're watching a movie to see it, right? How many can see the ending of the movie before it gets there? It's because you can see it. But when you're in the movie, you can't see it. It's hard to see. Look, look, you, you're, you don't feel worthy. Um, a sermon won't help you if you don't feel good. You have to permit yourself to move forward. If I don't feel worthy... For whatever reason, it doesn't matter who's coaching me. It doesn't matter who's talking to me. You have to feel worthy yourself. I know you can do this. I know you have the power to do this. You're created to do this. You're so gifted. You're so smart. You're so bright. But I don't have to believe it. You have to believe it. It's like they, haven't, they don't have some sign on them that says, I don't think I'm worthy. 
It's like you get sucked in too far. Because listen, those people will shout over things they will never possess because they've never given themselves permission to feel worthy of what God's called them to do. You have to feel worthy. Some people have lost relationships, marriages, and friendships, and people who really cared for them because they did not believe in themselves. You have to love yourselves before someone else can love you. And when you don't agree with being loved, you won't rest until someone is hitting you with a frying pan. You won't. You want somebody to beat you up. I might make you mad and get you in your feelings, but it's okay because we have to reflect on ourselves. If you are only comfortable in negativity, that's not healthy. Listen, if you've been in three bad relationships, abusive relationships, it's not just the other person. Something needs to be self-reflected in here. You got to start feeling worthy yourself. You need to love yourself a little bit. Anytime, let me, oh, one more thing. Oh, you've heard this. No, no, no. I love her like a sister. Oh, no, no. He's like a brother. You know what that means? You're not relegated just to friend zone. You're all the way to the family zone. It means this. He loves me in a way that feels strange, and I don't know how to receive that kind of love. So rather than wrestle with my insecurity, I relegate him to a column that doesn't require anything of me. Because you won't reflect in here how you really feel. Whew, okay, enough with that. We jump into David's story here in a midlife crisis. You don't really get the power of this context till you realize that he was living with the Philistines. He was actually going to fight with the Philistines. He was with them. Saul had lost his mind. He had fallen out of relationship with Saul, okay? And now he's with the, hanging out with the Philistines. Do you remember that David is the Philistine killer? Now he's living with the enemy. I'm not even going to get into this because sometimes it's safer to live with your enemies than it is your friends or what you think is your friends. Because with your friends, you let your guard down. But with your enemies, you're always protected. So David's hiding with the Philistines with 600 men. So these ugly, rugged, good-for-nothing, ruffians, wild, distorted men. And he's hiding from Saul in the Philistine area. He'd make an army of these misfits. So then the Philistines come to Saul, and they're going to fight a battle against Saul, okay? And the king goes to the princes, and they said, look it, look it, look it. You're going to let David come from behind us while we're fighting his people? Read verse 29 when you get a chance, okay? And the princes tell him, look, you can't just let David, he's going to come from behind us and kill us as we're trying to kill Saul. And all this is going on in chapter 29. And the king comes back to David and says, sorry, pack up your things, pack up your boys, pack it up. I can't, you cannot come with us and fight the battle. Do you know what? Even when you think you're doing right and a door shuts, that God shuts? Because if David had went to war with those Philistines and, killed, and they had killed Saul, David would have, dis, uh, he would have never been able to take the throne. He would have disqualified himself from kingship. So even when a door shuts, 
that you think should be open, that you think you should be able to walk through. I want you to know that God shuts the door to protect your future. God shuts the door to protect your destiny. God shuts the door to divert you from disaster. So even when you're in the middle of your stress and God shuts the door, there's about to be something that says, uh, rises up inside of you that says, you know what? He's my God. If that door shuts, he's going to open another one. You can't get bitter with God when he shuts the door to protect your destiny. God allowed that door to shut. God allowed David to be rejected. God allowed David to go through that hurt. Why? Because he was protecting David's future. So many times we're going through hurt and the door is shut and we're so upset with God. He said, would you just walk with me by faith and not by sight? Because I got your miracle over here. I got your destiny over here. But you keep pounding on the door that God shut. Let me give you a word this morning. If the door is shut, let it be shut. Go to the next place that God has for you because he's protecting your future. So they go back. Damien, will you help me? Will you help me? This guy travels with a basketball everywhere he goes, so I knew he would have one in church. (laughs) David's plans are aborted, okay? He doesn't get to fight, fight with the Philistines. His soldiers were stretching. They were getting ready. They were doing their yoga. They were getting all ready to go to war, and he comes back and says, no, we got to pack it up and go home. Because the first thing we learn from this illustration is you have to pivot in life. You have to pivot. Will that dribble on this or will we go down there? Will it dribble up here? Just don't break that wall. Okay. You break the wall, we both go to a new church. The door's shut here. <laughs> like shut. We start one in Winchester, all right? So in basketball, you can dribble and move. So dribble and move, dribble and move, do your thing. Okay? But when he picks up the dribble... And the defense comes to guard him. What do you do? What does basketball players do? He pivots. He pivots. So if I come over here, where are you going to pivot? I come back here, he pivots. Now, so look, he just keeps, as in life, when things get stressful, you don't quit, you pivot. When the door is shut, pivot again. He keeps pivoting. Can I steal the ball from him? Can I take his victory? Why? Why can't, can I destroy him? Can I take him down? But if he doesn't pivot, what can I do? I take it. But if he keeps pivoting in life, you got to quit being so rigid that you can't pivot when life changes. David pivoted right in the middle of the situation. You know what? I'm hurt. You know what? I'm angry. I don't understand, but I'm walking by faith. I just keep pivoting because I'm not letting the enemy take my destiny. I'm not letting the enemy take my healing. I'm not letting the enemy take my victory. I, I am sick in body, but I'm going to keep pivoting. I'm hurt and broken, but I'm going to keep pivoting. You've got to pivot. You've got to pivot. He doesn't have his dribble, but he can still pivot. He can't move both feet, but he can still pivot. Let me tell you what you can do this morning. The enemy's on your right, you pivot to the left. The enemy's on your left, you pivot to the right. Just keep pivoting. Just 
keep pivoting. Just keep pivoting. I wish about a hundred people in here would just start pivoting in the Holy Ghost. You just start pivoting in the Holy Ghost. I'm not dancing. I'm pivoting. What? I'm protecting my destiny. I'm protecting my future. I'm protecting my healing. It doesn't matter how much I invested. I'm going to pivot. I ain't going to test you, but I wanted to test you. Can you do the reverse Kobe pivot shot, layup shot he used to always do? So he would, Kobe would do this because you, let me tell you, even when the enemy's on you, you can still score. So if I remember right, Kobe says, basketball. No, no, LeBron is, right? That's why he doesn't know this move. I'm sorry. LeBron don't know this move. He can't handle it. So Kobe would turn this way, turn towards me, and he would pump a fake. I would go up. He would reverse pivot with his right hand, lay the ball in and score it. Because even when you're pivoting, you can still score. You can still win. You're not just playing defense. You're still winning. Thank you, Damien, so much. I knew he'd have that basketball with him. I don't want to work with somebody. I don't want to live with somebody. I don't want to be married to somebody that can't pivot in life. Because life is always changing. Life is always up or down or right or left. You've got to pivot. Learn from David that you've got to pivot. You ever seen those great commercials where the soldier's coming home and they surprise their son or daughter or wife on the basketball court and everybody is teared up crying? And I don't know which, I don't know which one I am, but I just want to cry because reception is important. Reception determines everything. If you give somebody a good reception... And, and you give them a dramatic, I, my wife was giving me a hard time. She's like, no, is it good? I said, no, it's really good. Dinner, dinner, it's really good. Like, no, is it good? I said, like, no. And then I, then I was like, it's, 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 it's amazing. Now, then she's like, stop that. Are you being, no, this is really good. Because I want her to do it again. <laughs> and again on Tuesday and again on Wednesday. It's, it, it's, man, I don't know. It's the best I've ever had. She's like, it's macaroni and cheese. It's the best. Why? Because my, your reception determines her reaction. So when David and they're coming back home and they could smell off in the distance a fire and they could smell smoke, but it wasn't ribs. And it wasn't barbecue chicken. And they begin coming home to their village. And they walk in. And there's no reaction. Because they're used to coming home to Saul killed his thousands. David killed his ten thousands. We're going to march. We're going to. The kids come out running. And David comes home to this. Life is down. It's not just an ugly picture. Where's Abigail? Where's my wife? Where's the Hinnanoam? Where's my children? 
They run through the debris, burning embers. It's pain that paralyzes you. And he stepped into pain that hurts so bad that it shuts you down. The women and children are gone. Homes are destroyed. The men that he trained himself, that he poured into, are now looking at him with blood red, blood red eyes, tears running down their faces, and they're so angry that they're talking of killing him. And there's nothing like seeing hatred in the faces of people that you raised, that you poured into, and then at your weakest moment, they want to take your life. That is pain that paralyzes you. I want to speak to somebody right now who's going through this kind of pain that has paralyzed you. It's shut down your senses. It's limited your ability to respond. It's brought you to your knees. It has you so upset on the inside that you don't even have words to articulate how you feel. The trauma that you've gone through has so tormented you. Because it looks everywhere you turn, there's more pain. I'm not talking about being lonely. That's a feeling. I'm talking about being alone. Lonely, you cry and get through. But being alone is alone. That's a fact. You can't turn in any direction and find anybody. Everybody that wants you wants something out of you. Nobody's putting in you. It's against this backdrop that we see David grappling. He's hurt. Life hurt him. Life almost destroyed him. I can't go to Israel. Saul has that shut down. I can't go to the king of the Philistines, Achish, because he shut that door. I can't even go home because it's destroyed. And David is paralyzed. It was at this profound moment that we find David makes a profound decision. If Abigail won't encourage him, if Ahinoam won't encourage him, if the Philistines won't encourage him, if the Israelites won't encourage him, and he don't have anybody at home to go to before I lay down and die, he said, I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. I wonder if there's anybody here. You don't have nobody to go home to. You don't have anybody on your right or anybody on your left. You don't have any children. You don't know where to go. I got one thing for you today. You need to encourage yourself in the Lord. You need to encourage yourself in the Lord. Before you backslide, encourage yourself in the Lord. Before you pray and ask God for direction, encourage yourself in the Lord. I'm wondering if I, anybody's here has ever looked in the mirror and with tears in your eyes and bloodshot eyes and hair disheveled, ever had to tell yourself, get yourself up, you're going to make it. Get yourself dressed, you can do this. I don't know how, it's so hard, but you can fix it. You can finish this race. You can do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. I know you're going to make it. Tell yourself, I know you're going to make it. Tell yourself, I know you're going to make it. You are hurting, but you are not broken. You are lonely, but you are not alone. You are broke, but you're not broken. What am I? You're disturbed, but you're going to make it. Somebody in the house that's been going through something, give him some praise here. Start to encourage yourself in the Lord. 
The courage you need to survive must come from within because out of the belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of your spirit shall flow something. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. There has to come a fight inside of you. There has to be something that rise up and says, get up. You ain't going to whip me. Sickness, you're not going to whip me. Anxiety, you're not going to whoop me. Depression, you're not going to whoop me. Hatred, you're not overtaking me. Bitterness, you're not going to have your way here. You got to fight back. We said your children are worth it. I want you to know that you are worth it. You got to fight back for you. You got to fight back for your family. You got to fight back for your spouse. What am I talking about? You got to fight back and encourage yourself in the Lord. David didn't wait for an angel to fly by. You, some things you have to do, and he had to encourage himself in the Lord. God did not come down there. He encouraged himself. So we want to wait. I'm going to wait at the altar. Till, no, you need to encourage yourself. The devil is a liar. I will not die today. I'm going to encourage myself. I'm going to take myself out for dinner. Nobody wants to take me out for dinner. I'm going to take myself out for dinner. No one wants to buy me a birthday gift. I'm going to buy my own birthday gift. Why? I'm worth it. Some of you need to tell yourselves, I'm worth it. It starts right here. It starts right here encouraging yourself. I have to learn. Nobody wants to date me. I'm going to date myself. We going bowling. Oh, time is flying. I'm just going to say they gave me the floor late. Is that okay? Encourage yourself. If I've got to crawl on my knees... If I've got to hobble on a crutch, if I've got to wheel myself in a wheelchair, if I've got to get myself a walker, I will not die here in this. The smoke, the fire, the rubble will not overtake me. The smoke, the fire, the rubble will not overtake me. I will not die in this position. You might not feel it, it may not be in your feelings, but we're living by facts. I'm encouraged here. The devil thought he's going to kill you, but it ain't going to happen. What you need to stop the pain that is paralyzing you is the tenacity to believe that the story's not over. You desperately need this word. You desperately need this this morning. Some of you have been desperate for years. You've gone over and over how much, how much right you've done and how this, you've done all that and, 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 and you've been hurt and you've been betrayed and they've walked out on you. But let me tell you, you cannot spend another day complaining about the past. You have to come into the present if you're going to change your future. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching to those things which are in front of you. I'm encouraging myself. David had to encourage himself. What does David do? He then, after he encourages himself, he calls on the priest or the pastor. And then he asks God. You know how to make hell nervous? You encourage yourself. 
And then you ask God for direction. The devil thought he had you in the fold. Now he thought you were done. That he had you locked down. Demons tremble when you make up your mind. Go get the ephod. Get Thuman and Urim. Those were things inside the ephod and the chest plate. And he asked, shall I go up? Should I overtake them? I'm not going up if I'm not going to win, Lord. Should I overtake them? And God says, pursue. In the middle of the crisis, pursue. Under attack, pursue. Going through a situation, pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake them. God said, thou shalt surely He didn't say maybe. He didn't say, I think so. You should give it a try. He said, pursue them. You shall overtake them. Because why am I doing it? Why am I pursuing it? Because he said so. You can get encouragement from a motivational speaker, but you can only get permission to prevail from God. You can go and hear some great talks and some great lectures and you go home feeling good, but I don't need a great talk or a great lecture. I need permission from God to prevail. I need permission from God to prevail. If God gives you the grace to pursue, you could go for it. I release you this morning to go for it. You b- Listen, so you got to pivot. You got to encourage yourself in the Lord. And then you have permission to prevail today. You're not going home broken. You're not going home down. You're not going home downtrodden. Why? Because if you need to just learn to pivot, you need to come to the altar today and pivot. If you need to, if you need to come to the altar today and encourage yourself, come and encourage yourself. You got to get yourself. Because you can't go from, if you don't feel worthy, you can't go to permission. You got to get this taken care of first so you can encourage yourself in the Lord so then you can prevail and walk on top of your enemy. So many times we want to skip. We don't want to take care of inside our spirit and we want to jump to the prevailing part. You know what? You don't need to get married if you can't take care of this inside of here. But you want to get married and have four kids. It's never going to happen because you got this in here to take care of. So take care of this and fall in love with this inside of here so God can bless you with your destiny of being married with two or three kids. Ooh, it's getting quiet because it's getting real now. Oh, but God's called me to preach. Start over here. And then I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. And if God shuts this door, I'm going to keep pivoting. I'm going to keep pivoting. I'm going to keep pivoting. You have permission to prevail. Why? Because he said so. You have permission because he said so. Trauma can't dismantle your courage to fight. It can't get you to give up. It can't make you angry. And depression can't get a victory over you. Why? Because you have made up your mind. God said to pursue. I'm going to pursue. You can't be innovative and traumatized. I've fallen. I can't get up. Well, look it. If you can't get up, you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. David encouraged himself 
when's the last time you looked in the mirror? I don't I, I just came to me right now and I need to go. You looked in the mirror and said, I love you. When's the last time you looked in the mirror and said, you're valuable? When's the last time you looked in the mirror and said, you know what, you, you're amazing. Some, you need to go home and get post-it notes. Old school. Post them everywhere. And when you get up tomorrow, say, you're victorious. You're a conqueror. You're an overcomer. I feel like I got to stop here in this little area. You, you, uh, you might not want to do it now, but at some point, you're riding in the car and you're just going, put your arm and go, I love you. You know what? If you've never been to, through something that you've had to love yourself, I'm telling you, you're not mature yet because it's coming. If you've never laid in the bed, I love you. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. For those of you that have went through that, you know what I'm talking about. You've cried tears that no one's seen. But I come to tell you, you got permission today to prevail. You got permission to move forward. You got permission to overcome. You got permission to be victorious. You got permission to walk through this thing. He wants you to believe that the smoke and fire is going to take you out. He wants you to believe that those past hurts from four and five years ago are going to keep you down. But I'm here to tell you, you have permission to prevail today. You've never fully recovered from what you went through when you were a child. I'm here to tell you, you got permission to prevail today. I don't care if you need to talk to yourself. I don't care if you need to talk to a counselor. I don't care who you need to talk to. You got permission to prevail this morning. I feel like something's leaping up inside of somebody here that you just feel a little bit of victory coming on you. You just feel something rising up inside of you. I give you permission to stand. I right here, I give you permission to stand. I give you permission to prevail. I give you permission to worship. I give you permission to praise Him. You need to tell yourself, you got this. You got this. You got this. Well, you got this. Self-permission will lead you to God-permission. God can't give you what you don't believe. Self-permission will lead you to God-permission. I don't care if you have to rehearse it. I don't care if you need to start saying it even though you don't believe it. You got to keep saying it. I'm better than this. I'm better than this. They shut off the power. I'm better than this. They took my car. I'm better than this. They coming for my home. I'm better than this. I don't got no phone. I'm better than this. They took everything I got, but I'm better than this. Come on, singers, musician. Listen, David doesn't lack the power or skill to turn around the situation. David's a fighter. He's bad, y'all. David killed the Philistines and threw them at Saul's feet. He's bad. David's been killing giants since he was a boy. He's bad. It's not that David didn't have the skill. He didn't have the permission. 
today, coming from the Word of God, I give you permission today. I give you the authority to pursue. I give you the authority to prevail, not by might, not by power, but by the Word of God. I give you permission that your latter days will be greater than your former days. I give you permission. I give you permission to preach this word. I give you permission to walk this thing out. I give you permission to live in victory. What am I talking about? I give you permission today. Who needs permission? Lift your hands. If If I've spoke a word to you, lift your hands. You're getting back up. You're getting back up. There's some in this room that are, ooh, they feel the fight coming on. They're feeling the permission coming on, that authority from God. The devil counted you out, but it's coming back. I feel it, a shift right here. They burnt the buildings. They tore it all down, but you got permission to prevail, to live, to laugh, to love, to have joy. You got permission to walk this thing called life. You got permission to get up. You got permission to wipe off those mistakes. You got permission to be healed. Why? Because he said so. He said so. He said so. I open these altars. I open these altars. Do you need to love yourself? Do you need to pivot? Do you need to encourage yourself in the Lord? Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.